Welcome to the Artist Academy podcast, a place where we focus on the business side of art to help you attract more customers, increase profits, and ultimately live a life of creativity and financial freedom. I'm your host, Andrea Earhart, and the last solo episode that I did was actually just a cutout of my new book, Mural Money. It was a full chapter all about money blocks and how I think of money and how I set money goals and just we really stuck on the money theme. And if you haven't listened to that one, go listen to it. It's literally the last solo episode that we did, but or, or better yet. So as I sit down to record this, literally maybe not even 20 minutes ago, I just got an email from Audible saying that my book, Mural Money, has finally been approved. So over six months of writing, over a month of editing, recording, and then editing the recording, and just, (laughs) it's finally out. And it's so funny too, because like I've been preparing for this podcast episode for like on and off throughout the day and not necessarily putting it off, but just like collecting information and making notes. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to go record this. And right before I came in here to record, I got the email. So (laughs) I went on Instagram. I'm like, it's available. Buy it. (laughs) Like anybody, if you, if you like this podcast, if there's been a couple episodes that you, that you like, you're going to love the book. I have taken some of the best interviews that I've done with some of the best muralists or just artists in general of how they built their business, some of their best pieces of advice, and I've condensed it down into a book. Plus, I've told my own journey of how I built my own art business and how I've made money. And I I just, I'm so excited to have this book finally, as of right now, <laughs> out into the world for people to listen to it specifically, because I listen to things, podcasts, audiobooks. I I have a really hard time sitting down to actually read something. I like to be multitasking and I'm going to guess you're the same way since you're listening to a podcast. So I cannot just recommend this anymore. If you like the podcast at all, go to muralmoney.com and buy the audiobook on Audible. You will love it. <laughs> this isn't, I'm trying not to be salesy with it. I don't even think of it as being salesy actually, because I genuinely know that it will help so many artists out there. Just go buy it, or you can just look it up on Amazon or Audible, wherever, or go to muralmoney.com, wherever you go get it. I don't care. Just go listen to it because it will help you build the art business of your dreams. It's very focused on murals because that's the route that I took, but it can help anybody in any art form anywhere. A customer is a customer. And if you like talking about money, like we're going to do today, you're going to love the book, Mural Money. Okay. That's all. I'm just so excited. Okay. Let me focus and get my excitement out. And now let's talk about today's episode, which is how to spend money to make money. I want to continue with the money theme for a while because it tends to pique a lot of artists' interests, including my own, (laughs) because, you know, other than creativity, money is why we're working. And so let's chat about all the ways how we can spend in order to make. And I'll be going through line by line the different ways that I have spent money this past year, so in 2021, how I've spent money in order to make more of it either immediately or in the long run. And you know, it's funny because the idea of spending it is sometimes tough. 
for artists specifically to do, or anybody who has a small business. I've noticed this, including myself. I, I am, this is totally me. I talk about this because I've had a hard time doing it too, and I expect that maybe you are too. But when we want to make money, we want to keep 100% of it. Like we don't even want to pay taxes. I don't want to. <laughs> I know that it's going to the greater good and it's, you know, that's how we have roads and all of that. But I'm like, no, like I, I want to make all this money and I want to keep 100% of it. <laughs> like I don't want to spend it on this or that or paint. Like, ugh, it's just, ugh. But over the years, I've really come to shed a lot, not 100% of it, but a lot of those money blocks where it comes to spending money in order to make some. Now, I almost expect it. I'm like, okay, if I spend $50, I'm going to then turn make 100. Cool. Sounds good. Take my money. (laughs) And you know, I was listening to a podcast lately because that's what we do. That's what I do all day is just listen to, to business podcasts. And they were talking about, oh gosh, I, I'm terrible at telling stories, but I remember the general gist of it. But the specifics are a little um, <laughs> shady. But I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about, it was some business owner and they they were building their business and it was selling, selling something. <laughs> I don't even remember what they were selling. But just what piqued my interest is that their business had a total revenue for one year of $30 million. I was like, whoa, that's a crazy... And then they went on to saying that their profit was $7 million. And I was just a little bit taken aback. I was like, wait, so they're bringing in $30 million, So that means they're spending $23 million in order to make $7 million. And that just... It, those are obviously insane numbers. But the point I want to take from that, I want to you know portray onto you is the fact that most businesses spend even more than they're making. Could you imagine? I'm not sure exactly what the percentage is on that, say 70%. I don't know. So imagine spending 70% of your money and giving getting to keep 30% of it. <laughs> like it does it makes, you know, maybe spending 10% of it on advertising a year, not so bad, right? But in the startup world and you know, a lot of like tech companies and Companies outside of the art world, so outside of our little bubble of creativity and doing mock-ups and sketches and murals and canvases and all outside of that, where other businesses live, because, I mean, we're a business and they're a business. It's just different. But most businesses spend a lot in order to make a good amount. So why do I think that I need to keep 100% of what I'm making when that's not the reality of most businesses out there? Like, yes, I'm in a field where I can profit more than I spend. Lucky for us, right? Also lucky for us that we have very little overhead. You know, unless we go out and buy a studio or a gallery, there's very little that we actually have to spend ahead of time other than paint, So let's start there. What kind of paint are you buying? And I bring this up because I have worked with an artist in the past and I noticed that the paint that they brought onto the job site, onto the mural site, was the cheapest paint that they could possibly find. And I was like, oh, okay, thank you so much for bringing some supplies. Most people don't, which I don't expect them to, but thank you so much for bringing it. And we actually ended up using it. I mixed a little bit of their colors into my high quality gallon latex paints. (laughs) I use a little bit of their really cheap paints to kind of like tone the colors down. And 
it ended up working out, but we ended up talking and he was like, yeah, maybe I should, you know, invest in better quality paints. I was like, yeah, maybe that's your next step. So just in case somebody's listening and you're still using the really, really watered down, cheap, cheap stuff, which I think is a great way to start. Okay. Amazing way to start. I think it's just very low cost, and it allows you to practice and throw paint on the canvas and mix it like crazy because it it doesn't cost a whole lot, right? And whatever's going to make people paint, I am completely for. So I think that's the best way to start. But maybe this is the year where you don't buy that as much and maybe you spend a little bit more money. Not a lot. I'm not saying spend $100 on a tube of paint or anything crazy, but maybe just go up a level because... I fully believe that you get what you pay for. And if we practice what we preach in that way and we buy a little bit, you know, better quality paint, maybe we buy a little bit better quality canvases, maybe it's the level three or level two rather than the level one (laughs) canvases at Hobby Lobby. (laughs) We've all bought those, right? And maybe it's just time for us to step it up just a little bit. Not a crazy amount, but maybe just a, just something to think about. Because when you do that, when you start to practice what you preach and you start to go for quality, it makes it a lot easier to price, I think, because you're walking the walk. And so to talk the talk, if you're going to demand higher prices, having higher quality products in your hands more often makes it, I think, a little bit more valuable. I mean, aside from the fact that if you know, if you use higher quality paints, they'll last longer. They won't yellow as well. They're more archival, like things like that. And it just it helps us to show up when we have a high higher quality product and to then price it a bit higher. And now I want to go through some of the investments that I have made in my own art business this past year and just tell you some rounded numbers. So I'm not going to tell you like that I spent I'm I'm not going for that. I'm just going to be like, I spent 150 bucks on this, or I spent the 1200 on that or whatever. I'm I'm not going to go and be like exact, but I'm just going to give you some round numbers of things that I have spent in the past year. And these might be things that you will not spend on your art business in many years, or there might be a couple that you're like, oh, maybe I should look into spending that too. So I'm just going to kind of go and line it out because I have been going through my expenses in order to file my taxes. So these numbers are here in the forefront of my current life. So I might as well just share them with you because I want to know what other people are spending on printing costs, on postage, on editing, on all the things. So I'm just going to share them with you. So a round number this past year, For the book, so for the Mural Money book, I have spent about $8,000 in editing. Crazy. (laughs) And that is between book editing and audio editing. So my editor who helps me edit and write it, and then my editor who's also editing the podcast, hey, Richie, (laughs) who helps me edit so flawlessly the audiobook. And there was a lot of care done on both of their ends to go line by line and audio listen by listen to make it really perfect. And I so appreciate that. And it was worth every single penny. And this is a figure that I know that you're not going to use, but I wanted to share that just to show you where I'm at in the idea of spending money now and investing in my business now in order to make money in the long run. I plan on making that back one day. Maybe I'll make it back within the first year of the book being out with book sales. Although 
just to be open about that, I think I'm making maybe, maybe at the very most $10 a book, either on the Audible or through Amazon, the paperback or whatnot, or less. I'm not sure on the exact number, but it sells for about $25. And what comes to me is about $10 or less. So I'm going to have to sell a lot of books to make back my $8,000 in investment. But I mean, and that's not even counting like the time that I put into it, right? That's just like breaking even. But I know I believe in it so much that I know that even if it doesn't pay off this year or within the first six months, in 10 years time, I am going to more than double my investment in that, my investment in time. So I am in this for the long game. So just to give you an idea, also in the past year, I have spent about $4,000 on podcast editing. So the podcast that you're listening to right now, that is money that I have spent through editors. And podcast editing was one that, that's one that I can do myself. And I know how to edit it exactly how I would want it to. And so giving that up was really hard for me at first. But it's, I think of it as like, I am paying someone $30 an hour to edit for me. And I can go out and charge someone $100 an hour to paint for them. So I'm really coming out money ahead if I ask someone else to, or pay someone else to edit this for me, whether I can use that time to then go paint, which is something I really love to do. I, I like to edit. I love to paint. So it's like an, a trade. And so I'm paying someone to do a job that I could do, but although they're doing it really well, but just another example. It's the same with house cleaning. Like I, I will say this over and over again. I have so much help when it comes to just in business or in life with how much I do with writing a book and doing the podcast and teaching and painting murals and doing canvases, like all this stuff. I have so much help. Everybody messages me all the time. Like, how do you do it all? I'm like, I hire. <laughs> and house cleaning is one that I have hired as well. We pay three people to come in for one hour twice a month. And each time they come in, it's about a hundred bucks. And they clean the house, they fold the laundry, and everything is good. They're in and out. And I cannot tell you that feeling. Both, both my husband and I, like every time we come home and the house is just clean, we're like, this is our favorite day of the week. <laughs> like, it's so great. I just don't like to clean. And it's the same thing with podcast editing, with book editing, all that stuff. Like same with house cleaning. I can pay someone or three people $100 for that one hour and they can come and do all it for me all while I am out making a hundred bucks an hour painting. So well worth the investment to me, right? Moving on to another figure, I have paid about $8,000 in help with painting this past year. So having helpers come on mostly, or actually pretty much all Artist Academy students who want to come on and learn, I'll typically pay them as long as they've like helped. <laughs> and it, like some Artist Academy students come on and I'm just teaching and they're not really contributing, but that's totally fine. You know, if they just want to kind of watch and learn and like do like a small area and like, you know, it just kind of depends. So I, I always tell people that I will pay as long as you're helping with the progress. If not, don't worry that I love to teach. So I don't mind if, if you don't help at all. <laughs> but if someone comes on to a job site and helps me, I will pay them and they're getting experience with it, but I will still pay them because they're helping me to speed up the job. And throughout the past year, I've paid about 8000 ish 
in that. And it's just helped me to get jobs done faster, get what would be maybe a day and a half job done in one day, or get a week-long job done in five days. So it go from seven to five. And that frees up my weekend. And Or if I have a last-minute project and I really want to do it and I'm like, oh, it's going to be really hard to fit that in, I'll ask an Artist Academy student, like, hey, do you want to come on with me and come learn and I'll pay you to help? And they help me fit in a customer last minute to where it's not like... It's not like hurting my my daily life. You know, I'm not losing sleep over it. That's what hiring help has helped me with. <laughs> well, lots of helping there, but it's helped me just have a better state of mind and not feel so rushed and just feel like I can accomplish a little bit more in the same amount of time. So that has really helped me. Also, if you're wanting to hire people, we are putting together a hiring type lesson tutorial handbook type thing in the academy and where I'm going to be interviewing a bunch of other artists who are hiring and giving all of my hiring secrets and tips that I've learned to keep people happy and what you pay people and how how do you discuss payment and when do you discuss that what do you, you have in a contract like all the stuff that goes with hiring we are currently making a thing around that. I don't know. It's it's very much in the early stages of it. Obviously, I'm not even sure what it's called. <laughs> it's the the muralist hire workbook. I don't know. Something like that we're currently making. Because there, there's a lot that goes into hiring people, whether it's hiring an editor or hiring you know someone to help paint or hiring a virtual assistant. Communication is so much. And hiring someone on to help can one tip though that I, that I have noticed if there if I'm hiring someone on to help and I don't have the job completely just dialed in and I don't know exactly what I'm doing hiring someone else on helps but it doesn't help <laughs> because I'm like hey we could try this or that and they're like what and it just you know it goes without saying but I think if you feel like you're ready to hire it's the feeling of okay you really get what the job is and you you know how to do it and you know the majority of the ins and outs and what's going to come. Obviously, there, there's always going to be some curveballs in there, but you feel like you have a really good stance on how to do your job in order to come on and show someone else how to do it. That's when you're ready to hire. Also, I think whenever you're booking out, I don't know, two or three months out and you have too much work, I'd say you're ready to hire. Like, I, If anybody needs a number, I'd say two to three months out, maybe you're ready to hire someone on at least a couple days a week. Anyway, more on that later. I also have hired a virtual assistant. Her name is Adriana and she is so great. She's been with me for, oh gosh, has it been three years? Yeah, it's been, she's been with me for three years. Whereas, oh wow, <laughs> happy anniversary. <laughs> But it's, I remember hiring her on where, right before I went to start the Artist Academy because I was already so busy with murals and I'm like, how the, I want to teach people, I want to teach other artists, how the heck am I going to do this? Plus do all my painting stuff and teach and do this. So I hired her on a little bit prematurely, a bit early, and I just started giving her stuff and delegating because that's what business coaches were telling me to do. They're like, you need to figure out how to delegate. There, There's a skill in that. So hire someone on. She makes $5 an hour. She's in 
Venezuela and we we talk maybe like once a week and she, she's basically got her job set down now. She helps me with the podcast. She helps. She oversees the print of the month list, uh, the Artist Academy attendance list, who's coming in, who's going, you know, any information gathering. Like actually the other day I told her, I was like, hey, I need everyone's email who pre-ordered the book. Can you give me that in a list so that I can email people to let them know when their signed book is coming? And so she will stop and get in the computer and go into Shopify and export all of those emails and then just send them to me. That way, all I have to do is plug it into my email and hit send. I don't have to stop, log into Shopify, do all this. Like, yeah, she's really good with Excel. She helps me a lot with podcast stuff, Artist Academy stuff, just random things. And really, she only works like maybe three or four or five hours a week, maybe. It's really not that much. And so when you're thinking of hiring one thing that scared me was that I was going to have to hire someone on for 20 to 40 hours a week. And I was like, no, I'm not ready for that. But that's just not it. I've now realized, I mean, people who I have hired on, they work for me less than 10 hours a week. Like all of them, like my editors, uh, virtual assistants, everybody. And I didn't realize that was a thing. So more on that in our group hiring pamphlet tutorial thing that we're putting together. But just to let you know, also... If you're interested in the hiring thing and you have questions about it, message me on Instagram and message me your questions. That way I can make sure to put it in this hiring tutorial thing that we're about to make. I'm going to be interviewing other artists who are hiring successfully. So I want to know what questions to ask them, what questions you have. And just I just want to make sure that it's full of all the things you need for hiring. So if you have a question about that, let me know. I would love to answer them for you. Okay. Moving on. Another thing that I spend money on are websites, email systems, I like anything that's a re- recurring charge. So like Audible, QuickBooks, Dropbox. I use Calendly. That's C-A-L-E-N-D-L-Y. I think it's about a hundred bucks for the year, but I use it to schedule everything throughout the year. I send somebody a link if they want to schedule a meeting with me. That way, when they schedule it, it goes on my calendar and their calendar and it sends them a reminder and it lets them know what to do. So anytime I schedule a podcast interview, a student spotlight, which I do with anybody who joins the Artist Academy and I get to know them. So they, they schedule their student spotlight with me. Anything <laughs> that goes on Calendly and I pay monthly for things like that. And overall, it's about $2,000 for the year that I pay for websites, the website that houses all of our Artist Academy tutorials, email systems, podcast stuff, everything. I pay about 2000 a little over 2000 for all of that throughout the year crazy, whatever, all the expenses add up. (laughs) I actually put off getting QuickBooks for so long because I use QuickBooks self-employed $15 a month. And I was like, no, I already have so many (laughs) dollars a month things that recurring charges that I have that I just recently added on. And it makes my life so much easier. I should have done it way sooner, but whatever. It's the whole spend money to make money thing or spend money to make life easier. You know, like sometimes it's not even like spending money to make money exactly. It's like, how can I spend money, a little bit of it, to make my life easier? (laughs) I added up my printing bill for all of my mini prints and all of that. That's about five grand for the year. I also didn't focus a ton on prints this past year. Like I wrote a book instead. (laughs) And so that'll be much higher this year. And postage, 
<laughs> I'm not sure exactly what the postage bill was, but I just went to the post office like two weeks ago and got a bunch of stamps that'll last me, I don't know, six months or so and some some shipping supplies. And I spent $500 at the post office and I could hold it all like in my hands and it was just really light. I was like looking down like, really? The $500 and I could just, it's just, it's paper. That's it. <laughs> just like laughing at myself and just like shaking my head, like whatever cost of doing business. Okay. <laughs> I also spent about $500 on canvases at Michael's for their holiday sale. I got canvases at like 70% off. And even if I don't use them right now or this year, I'll use them next year. <laughs> and it makes me feel better to know that I spent $500 you know, in one sitting rather than, you know, what could have been $1,500 in the long run. And just trips to Michael's, like spending gas and just going there and just picking up a canvas every single time I needed it. I bought it in bulk. So that way I have it. Just another expense. Just throwing around $500. Also, not to mention taxes. Like it's on the about 150 that I made this past year. Just take a 30% chunk out of that for taxes. <laughs> Minus expenses out of that 150 and whatnot. But like, <laughs> it's just like, okay, sure. <laughs> you know, I was researching, oh, money and, and all that stuff. And I came across this figure that said, for kids growing up in a household with a household income of 70,000, and I, I think it's about 70,000, maybe 75,000, right in there. Like for a kid growing up in a household with $70,000 coming in from both of their parents or one or whatever, their quality of life does not increase if that number increases. Isn't that crazy? So a kid growing up in a household who makes 150,000, they're not any happier than a kid growing up in a household that makes 70,000. I thought that was really, really interesting. And also just to keep it on this 70,000 household income thing, just to put it in perspective, if you make $100,000 as an artist, minus 30% in taxes, you're actually making $70,000 as an artist, which is really sad. And it's just, but it's just a fact of life. So if you're wanting to make <laughs> 100,000 total in as an artist, maybe reach for 150,000. That way you're actually grossing 100,000 or net. Is it net? Oh gosh, I should know this. <laughs> well, you're actually making a base of 100,000 if you're making 150, which is basically what I'm doing. So grossed, is it gross? Gosh dang it, I should know this. I'm like a business. I always get them mixed up. Anyway, okay, I do know this. Total revenue, 150. Minus expenses, which is about thirty thousand. Minus taxes, which is about thirty thousand. You're making mm, a little under a hundred thousand dollars a year. Great, because <laughs> there's just so many expenses that we have as artists. Just printing bills and paint <laughs> and lift costs. I, I spent. Oh gosh. Oh, I should have added up this number, but I'm gonna say about seven grand in lift costs in the past year. Crazy. That's just to have a machine that comes to lift me up so I can do my job. That's it. You know, and all of these expenses, it makes earning $100 an hour, which I'm currently charging right now, it, it makes earning $100 an hour really not that much. You know, because if, if you think about it, like say 
you know, I'm charging $100 an hour or $1,000 a day, right? And so my supplies are included in that $1,000 a day. So say, say I spend $100 on supplies and then say tax is coming out of that. So you're taking so, so much out of tax. So say like I'm really making maybe $60, $70 an hour. <laughs> like it sounds like a lot doing 100, but really, like if you really break it down, is it, is it that much? And I don't mean to like be the Debbie Downer here or anything, but just, I'm just letting you know, like, because there was one year where I worked my butt off and I was just doing all these things. And then at the end of the year, I felt like I made so much and I'm like, where did it all go? It went in supplies and taxes and all of the things to where, I mean, I still made a decent amount, like better than the, you know, the world average of a year, but it just, it felt like it should have been more because I felt like the invoices I sent, I was sending out were like, you know, $3,000, $5,000, $10, $10,000 invoices. And at the end of the end of the year, I'm like, why isn't this all in my bank account? It's, I just, I just spent it. But what I'm really trying to get across is it takes spending money to make money. <laughs> and so and the sooner you can get a hold of that and be okay with spending it, I believe the more you spend in some cases, if we spend it smart, then we can eventually make more in the long run, if anything. If, if you don't make it back immediately, just know that a lot of these expenses that you make right now on a website and on little things, like, or just even higher quality paints that'll make your, make your paintings higher quality. And in the long run, you know, as we raise our prices as we go, we're just, we're in it for the long game. And so the stuff that you spend money on now can make us money in the long run. Other ways you can spend money to make money. One way that I have am completely drinking the Kool-Aid on this method, as you, as you know, I am full, full alignment with spending money on people who can help you and get you there faster. For instance, it was about three years ago. I, right at this time of year, actually, I bought one of my first ever high ticket courses for $1,500 from Amy Porterfield. And she is a online marketing instructor. She teaches people how to build and digital courses and teach them online and market them, how to get the word out. And I dropped $1,500, which was a lot to me. And in the hopes of one day making that back and making you know 10 times that yearly. I was like, okay, let's just, I had listened to her podcast. I had done all the things, followed her online for so long. I'm like, okay, uh, this, I don't think this woman is going to take my money and I want to teach. And what I could have done is, you know, trial and error, you know, just put stuff out there and see what people responded to, which is what I still did. But I could have just done it completely on my own. But having, you know, taken some classes in college and just taken painting classes before, I was like, maybe, maybe if I take a class to learn how to promote myself online, then I will, it'll help me get there faster with less headaches. So I spent $1,500 on an online course. And of course, it paid itself off way more than I could have thought because now I have high quality tutorials and where she taught me how to how to teach better online because it's very different. So I, I went to college at Missouri State and learned a lot about education and how to teach, but it's a different world being online. So she helped teach me stuff like that, showed me how to market it, showed me all the different ways to present it to people and or artists and how to keep them engaged and just all, all the different things. So it was definitely worth it. And now 
having made that one time investment of $1,500 three years ago and it paying off, I'm like, okay, I believe in this thing. Obviously, I teach it too. Like people invest $32 a month and I help them build their art business. Like this is why I do it. But now I've mentioned this before in a previous podcast, but I'm spending $2,000 a month on a coach to help me even further get things way going and just do it better. You know, a mentor doesn't necessarily do the work for you because I was telling my husband about this and I was like, okay, I really want to invest this right now. Like before, before we go and do other life stuff, like have kids, I think this is the perfect time. And his friend was beside us and he was like, well, how do you know that you're going to make that back? Like, does your coach have a, like a, a money back guarantee? And I was just thinking about that because he's not in the world of online marketing or, you know, mentorship and this stuff. And I was like, huh, I was like, that's a very valid question. But a mentor, and I was just explaining this to him, like a mentor doesn't necessarily do the work for me. So I could hire this coach and he could tell me all the stuff to do and give me his advice. And if I don't do it, I'm not going to make my money back. But like he's been here before me. So he knows the stuff to tell me to do, like maybe to help me with ads. That that's a big reason that I'm that I'm hiring him because I don't want to do ads on my own. I don't want to stumble and figure it out. Like I've done so much of that so far. I just want someone that I trust that has done almost exactly what I'm doing now and just to help me do it better, help me better serve my current students, help me reach out to more with ads and just That's what I'm hiring him for is just to improve the quality of the Artist Academy and help me reach more people. And he's going to give me tips and I can choose to do them or not. Of course, I'm going to do them because I'm spending two grand a month on him. So I'm going to do whatever he says, but it's just, it's that kind of a thing. So, you know, when you, when you join something like the Artist Academy for $32 a month, I think what's happening there is since it's such a low cost, like $32 a month is not very much, right? We spend more than that on coffee per, yeah, okay, I don't, I actually don't drink coffee. Don't, don't judge me, but a lot of people do, right? And so people spend more than that on coffee per month. And it's just a really low ticket item. And, but it has so much value. You get in and there's an overwhelming amount of tutorials in the Artist Academy, but what I'm finding is since it is such a low ticket item, people come in and they'll they'll be excited about it for like a week or two and then they'll kind of forget. And since it's such a low cost, like, eh, like I'll, I'll get to it, I'll get to it. And then they just don't really, they just kind of forget about it or like they'll come back a couple months later and that's okay because like it's so low cost. And so <laughs> I'm finding that it's like, it's good because it gets people in and gives them the, a lot of really good information, but it's not so good because it doesn't really hold them accountable because it's not that much skin in the game. What I'm doing with a coach with 2K a month is if I have that much skin in the game of like $2,000 a month, I'm going to be doing exactly what he tells me at the minute I can. That way we can do it quickly and just do everything. So this is partially one of the reasons why we're, I'm introducing a level up group to the academy. It's going to be, it's going to cost a little bit more, but it's going to be those more higher level stuff. We're going to have more of those higher level conversations, not the ones that are like, Hey, come in and make a website, you know, do this. Like, this is how I sell. This is how you pitch. Like, no, I want to do a more customized mentorship program for people who want that more one-on-one time and they want to level up and they don't mind paying a little bit more for it because they know that they're going to make it back and make it back much faster. So I'm looking for people who need more mentorship, so more one-on-one time, a more of a customized plan and 
people, I want people in here who are actually going to do what I tell them to do. <laughs> like, or, you know, if I'm not telling you to do something, I'm going to find another professional who's going to be like, oh, they can help you too. And I'll bring them in and to give, you know, a lecture, a, a very specific lesson, like things like NFTs. And so I want people who are coming in, they're ready to go. They have about three months to really dive in with me and spend a little bit of money to make even more of it. That's what I'm looking for. I don't, and I don't even know what it's going to be called yet. Maybe the level up group or like the 100K plus group or I don't know, boss ass bitches or I don't know, something, something. I don't know. I will think of it and I'll let you know. But if you're interested, also send me a direct message on Instagram just to let, let me know. And I'll start, I'll put your name on a list to let you know when that is for sure available. I'm thinking like first couple weeks of February. I don't know. I'm going to work with my higher level coach to make you, give you a higher level experience as well. It's not just me. I'm going in with him as well. And we're going to all figure it out together. And this is going to be the best year ever. <laughs> I'm, okay. So that's all I have for you today. I hope that this has helped to just give you a little look inside of how much I'm spending in my business <laughs> with editing and helping, having people come in and helping me paint and just, and, you know, spending money on all the different things. But if you, I'm just such a believer and you have to spend money to make money. And I think not in every, every case, but in most cases, you know, if you're hoarding your money to yourself and thinking, oh no, like I, if you, you're having a hard time letting go of it, I think that's also keeping a lot more of the bigger profits from coming to you as well. And when we open up a little bit of our time to let those creative juices flow, you know, and just when you spend a little bit of money to either open up your time, make life easier for you so you like your job more, you know, it just, it all compounds and it all works together. But I think if you just let go of just a little bit of it, not a lot of it, I'm not saying let go of 70% of your income, like some crazy businesses out there, whatever, that's their plan. I think if you maybe, what if you let go of 10% of your income this year and really leveled up your painting or you took a class and you really just really learned how to paint really, really good landscapes or just something to help you market or just something. And I know that everybody's different, so I don't want to tell you do this, do that. But if there's something that popped in your mind that you're like, okay, that's the thing that I need to do. I'm a little scared to spend money on it, but what the heck? I hope that that's the mentality that you have. Just say, what the heck? Let me give it a try. Obviously, don't exchange your rent money for, you know, putting a little bit more into your business. But, you know, maybe instead of saving that little bit of extra this month, you're spending it on your business because it will come back to you. Spend money to make money. Okay. All right. I hope you have a great rest of your week. I will see you next week. Thanks so much for listening to the Arts Academy podcast. <laughs>